When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Talking City podcast. I'm Rich Fay, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined once again by Simon Bykowski. Hello, you say that every week. Did I get your surname right this week? Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you don't say that every week, to be fair. Exactly. So that's the special edition, isn't it? Good. Ian yeah. Cheeseman, I've nailed that one. Yeah, you're all right. Yeah, not too bad. How are you both? I mean, the weekend for City, a fantastic win, 5 0 against Burnley. Before the game, we said that. It might be a difficult one. We saw how City struggled against Burnley last season. And I know you said, Ian, as well, didn't you say, you said that the mood at Turf Moor back in, was it January, February? When Fair, yeah. Fair yeah, was one of the maybe lowest points because City fans thought we should have won that in a Burnley at the highest. But win against Burnley, 5-0. Another day at the office of City. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, City looked very, very good. Uh, five different goal scorers, five goals. Zero conceded. That's five clean sheets in a row. Uh, in the league, top of the league, ahead of the mighty Liverpool. Chelsea still unbe- unbeaten, but two points clear of them. It was pretty much a perfect day as far as City were concerned. Standard performance. I mean, I remember back in the 70s that City had a little spell of winning games 4-0 and the crowd used to sing 4-0, 4-0 and it became actually a chant. And now it's 5-0 for the standard. <laughs> Not good enough. 5-0 over at Card. Well, it's funny you should say that because a lot of people are now saying that they expect those types of results and I think they mean it as well, which... You know, you can look at that one of two ways. Is the expectation level too high? City, I don't think City fans are becoming too arrogant, but some people might suggest that. From the outside, I guess it is, isn't it? I mean, come remember earlier in the season, some fans are saying, oh, we only beat Newcastle 2-1. Yeah, Pep's exactly. not that bothered. They won the game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, it, the type of football City play as well, it's really entertaining. It's really good to watch, but it can be a bit hard to sort of get too excited about if they're not scoring it's because it's such so sort of machine like isn't yeah. it they're so just when they see it get into that rhythm they smother the midfield get out wide toy around with it a bit at times cut it back in score a goal rinse and repeat well I've got to say I, I, the first half I really enjoyed right and it's 1-0 at half time I really enjoyed the game and I thought this is just wonderful stuff but what I could feel in, in you know <laughs> This is almost philosophical. In your body, in my body as a City fan, the jeopardy a lot of the time has gone away. So even when they score a goal or they do something really exciting, what would be deemed to be exciting, I don't feel the same excitement I once did. Now, that's not a criticism. That's actually a compliment to where they are and what they do because you now go there and, and just almost sit back and, and enjoy it. I talked to a couple of fans at half-time and it was astonished to hear them being critical you know, this, this isn't very good and only 1-0 and expected more from this. And I'm thinking, what, what are you expecting? They're completely dominating the game. They're playing wonderful, slick, trouble-free passing. This is on the eve of a, of a trip in the Champions League to Ukraine, then Tottenham after that. So there's a lot of games coming up. So you actually want this perfect game where you're not overextending yourself. And if you think back to Pep's origins if you like as Barcelona coach during that spell they used to completely dominate possession 
and it, they weren't always 3-0 by half time it, would, it might even be nil-nil at half time but then they'd reap the reward for, for the groundwork that they'd laid making the opposition chase around and, and, and constantly have to be concentrating at you know, full pelt as it were that by the time you get an hour into the game that, that the little gaps are starting to happen and that's often when you know the, the dominant team starts to score so to me it was just one of those perfect games that went according to plan so to hear anybody and as I say I don't I don't really mean that they were being harsh critical but people were genuinely saying to me I think they played that well and very disappointing that one of the worst we only had 72% possession we only only scored once yeah. yeah I can't believe it sometimes but City do have this knack don't they of just killing teams in a few minutes and the quick so fire doubles yeah with the I mean, there were three minutes in the second half. They scored the second, the third, and Kevin De Bruyne came on. And you just thought, how how strong is this team and this squad? And, you know, it. I don't think as much has been spoken about them this year because they are defending champions. They've done it already. There wasn't that much interest around the game on Saturday compared to games elsewhere. But um, That's like a compliment of West City are, isn't it now? Oh, because yeah. they've earned this sort of respect where it's oh, City playing, they've won that one. Yeah. What can Liverpool do to catch up with them sort of thing? And I guess... I mean, very quietly, they're looking as sharp, if not sharper than... Well, yeah, that's the thing. The stats, I think Stu brought a piece out as well. I had one before the international break, just saying chances created, goals scored, they're actually doing better than they were last season, which is frightening to think that they could get even more than 100 points. Obviously, you've got to say, and Pep will always say, we don't expect to win it as easily as last season. We maybe don't even expect to win it because the challenge is stronger. But City are beating their own high standards. And Have you seen anything, either of you, from a team to think City won't win the league this season? Because personally, I think that City is still by far and away the favourites to win this and the clear favourites because there's got far more depth than anyone else. The only thing I've seen that could alter that is Liverpool's form. And I don't say they're pulling trees up or they're getting the results at the moment. They have to win ugly a bit now, don't they, as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Chelsea, I mean, I know that they, they only drew with United at the weekend, but generally speaking, I think they'll be a threat too. And by this time last season, Stuart would know, maybe Simon knows what the statistics are. Maybe City were already four or five points five clear points, at the top. Five points well, clear. There you go, I knew yeah. you'd know that. Um, and it felt it, it felt like that's where City were instinctively yeah. last season. And you know going into Christmas this year, there's no way City will have that same margin they had last year. No, no. so that's no. the only difference. But yeah. as far as City are concerned, I don't see any difference really. No, I mean, Liverpool are much stronger, well in with a chance of winning the league. You don't know what's going to happen over the next 20-something games. A lot. 29 games. Yeah. Yes, an awful lot of football to be played. But Guardiola made the point, in his post-match press conference on Saturday, um, they're averaging more than 20 shots a game, he, which he brought up is the best in Europe. You know, you <laughs> think that, oh, people don't care about statistics. Guardiola does, and he made it clear to bring that up. And they're also, I think they've conceded something like five shots on target oh, yeah. for the whole, across nine games which again is remarkable defensive is remarkable yeah. so if you're not letting anyone shoot at your goal and you're shooting 20 times at someone else's goal I think you're going to win the majority of games, games and uh, by quite a big score um, Cheesy said before that the game on Saturday was perfect not sure how anyone could complain 
Shout out to Sean Dyke. You might get a different answer. He was furious that uh, City didn't have two players sent off. He said the game's gone bizarre. Vincent Company in the first minute. A rash challenge on Aaron Lennon. We'll start on that one first before we get to Leroy Sane and the controversial second goal later. But um, Company's tackle a minute in. Do you think it's one of those where if that happens an hour into the game, he's, he's shown the straight red card? I don't personally think it matters when it happens in a game. I mean, I, I tweeted after I'd watched the replays on Match of the Day, although... I was at the game and we have monitors in the press box. I don't remember them, or maybe I just didn't notice it. Show replay, certainly from the right angles of the company incidents. And at the time when it happened, I thought, ooh, I wonder if that could have been a red, but never saw the confirmation. When I watched it on Match of the Day, I had to be honest, not, you know, I'm a City fan and Vincent Company is an absolute god as far as I'm concerned. So it wasn't me being negative, it was me purely trying to be honest. Um, because I hope people respect me for the fact that I'm honest and I thought yeah having looked at that again I thought it was a red and the fact it was only 30, 45 shouldn't make a difference should it no and and all the City fans might remember Vinnie Company getting sent off at Main Road um, in the first 30 seconds in fact it was a lot less than 30 seconds Um, City kicked the game off I I think he was playing for Wimbledon on that day it could have been another club but Vinnie Jones Vinnie Jones yeah you said Vinnie Company, I was... I was confused. Sorry, about... Vinnie Jones, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think he was playing for Wimbledon, it could mm. have been Leeds, it could have been... I can't remember, but he certainly... City kicked off, he could just ran straight at the man in possession, took him out <laughs> and he was sent off. So it was probably about 10 seconds, yeah. actually. It shouldn't make any difference. It's like the argument about the World Cup final from when, uh, um, you know... Um, who was De Jong when, De Jong, when yeah. it was Holland Spain that yeah one. and sort of well I didn't want to spoil the game was it doesn't matter yes. what you spoil it's the game the right by decision. Yeah. you make the right decision I don't care if it's one second 90 minutes spoils the game sorry no what you did spoils the game yeah. So, it's like saying an offside's not an offside so we're in the game we'll, get, we'll let them off let them ease into the game exactly, yeah. exactly. ridiculous so, yeah, I mean obviously people have said to me he, was, he, wasn't, he didn't do it maliciously no I don't believe Vincent's company would ever do anything no. like that maliciously that isn't the question but did he if that this is the question I always say my dad always said look at it from the other person's perspective right if that had been a foul on a City player by an opposition or you were looking at one of your rivals and they did that in another game, you would be calling for that to be a red card. So you've got to be honest and transparent and say, it was. Yeah. Am I relieved he stayed on? Absolutely. Um, would I personally, if I'd been the referee, sent him off? <laughs> no! I would have kept him on, and I would have actually patted him on the back. Well done, Vinny. because I'm biased, you know, yeah. but if you're being really honest about it, then to me, that was a red card. Yeah, it, it was a red, but in, in the defence of the referee, perhaps... Um, so we have uh, TV screens in the press box so that we can watch things back. So if a game's on Sky, we'll get the Sky footage through or BT or whatever. And you see numerous replays or whatever. If a game isn't on TV like Saturday's wasn't, you don't get many replays here. So we That's can true. see. You just get a live feed, really. Um, the international sort of feed. You kind yeah. of see what people in the stadium would see, more or less. Um, now, there wasn't much talk during the game of oh company got away with that one that's not to say that the referee shouldn't have spotted it and Sean Dyche certainly spotted it but um, it all happened very quickly didn't it and it was quite 
That's why. Yeah. That's why. <clears throat> you know, he go he goes into his thigh incredibly high, but it's kind of, I don't know whether he was shielded from the ref. It's one of those where you take a still sort of screen grab of it, and it looks really high, but it's not as if he left his foot in there or anything yeah, at all. You know, um, if the ref had seen it cleanly, he should have sent him off. Yeah. Um, but then again, because the fact that he gave him a yellow suggests he did see yeah. it. But sometimes refs think, "Oh, he's down. That looks bad," but haven't quite seen it, and so. Yeah, and they always say that you can't and give a yellow. You can't give a straight red card unless you know for a hundred percent what you've seen, and you've yeah. got to give that to the referee. And again, I just hate that argument where people say, "Oh, we've seen six replays of this; it should have been red." Like Cheesy said, it happened in real time, and if, at first you thought, mm, "Was that a red?" I'm not sure. Unless you're a hundred percent certain, you can't send someone off. That's a very good yeah. point. The referee, if he's got any doubt, he made the right decision. Yeah. Um, other decisions in the game. Yeah. Well, you the know, second I've, one. I've just been talking about us not having replays. Now, you know, watch match of the day on yeah, Saturday, Saturday night to see what on earth happened to the second goal because Sean Dyche gave about 15 reasons why it shouldn't have been given. It was farcical, wasn't it? The um, way that all the Burnley players just stopped in the box. You, yeah. No one really knew what was happening. The referee looked to blow his whistle, didn't actually do it in the end. I, I've not seen a replay that shows the ball was out. I have, I have seen have the replay you? of the ball being out. Fully out? Yeah, it felt to me as if it was over the line. You said it felt... No, but the, my eyes saw that it was over the line. <laughs> Completely. That's what I mean. In the, in the, you weren't level though, were you? So you couldn't. In the match, in the match day analysis. I, I, you saw match of the day then? Yeah. But well, didn't it look. Didn't it look. You mean semantic? <laughs> yeah. It, it, looked, it, look it, it looked like it was out, but it looked like, you know, a tiny sliver of the ball could be on the line. But let's now recoil this. Sane was brought down. Now, if the penalty had been given. Then yeah. there's also a question of offside that people are talking about, which I haven't particularly noticed that. And that, that's not me avoiding it, but it's, it never even occurred to me that it would be offside. But if the point is, if the penalty had been given, and I believe, and that wasn't analysed on match of the day, no. strangely, they didn't show that properly again. But, but my analysis of that would be that that was a penalty. So all the rest of what happened afterwards was sort of irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again... Dyche was not happy with the penalty, said he fell over. Um, it looked, on first view, like it was a penalty, like there was a coming together at least. You've seen him given more matches than not. But again, you know, I find it strange that there's been no no real replays of these things. I don't know about you, Sam. People making you know, judgments when, about yeah, without seeing the know, replays. When that was unfolding at the moment, I mean, the way I looked at it is I, 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 it looked to me as if the referee was about to point to the spot that maybe he brought the whistle up to his lips and was about to mm. blow. And Because and it, it, I was watching the referee to see what his yeah. reaction was, like yeah. we all were. And, and then suddenly the cross comes over and the ball's tucked away. It was like, well, I don't need to make the decision now. Yeah. That, that no, kind of I, felt to me. I saw him. Uh, yeah, I saw right, him cross right. his arms. That doesn't work very well on a pocket. <laughs> no, it's good. Good hand actions, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tune in for the extra special. <laughs> hand um, yeah, he, he looked it's like he was Tommy Cooper by yeah, the way. <laughs> he looked like he was going to point to the spot. I thought, but then he sort of made a decision and ruled it out ruled using it his out, hands using in a his hands in a sweeping manner <laughs> um, and then we he, should video this podcast just for that shouldn't we it was as super. he did that the Burnley players stopped and David Silva did not and then it's just the age old you play to the whistle and you can't feel sorry for a footballer who a professional footballer who doesn't play to the whistle it's just yeah, it's just, it is just the age old rule and again what, what you were saying Sai is um, and, and about the over analysis of these moments I guess the fact is even if Vincent Company maybe was sent off even if the penalty's not given 
City probably still win that game. They were so much better than Burnley. And Even do you, down to ten men, they'd have beaten them. And, and that's what I mean. That's why I feel like it's not been so overanalyzed because City was so far superior to Burnley. And, and the other thing that City and I've got to represent them because obviously that's why I'm here. You know, I represent the City fans. City fans would say there's been that many decisions gone against City, um, you know, this season, and and there was a Liverpool penalty. Um, or an incident I, I can't remember the details of it now at top against Tottenham this season which yeah. uh, I think should and have against Huddersfield on Saturday so you know the, yeah. it doesn't make it right and, and obviously people will shout even louder now that's what makes football are. Yeah, it's just what makes football so good it's so unpredictable yeah. it's so yeah. unjust at times it's horrible and it's out of your control and that's why we believe, we love it with that you know I was talking to somebody this week uh, who, who I, won't, I won't say who it was or who Go they worked on. for but uh, give us a spoiler said, there's, there's nothing there's nothing uh, about City to talk about this season I was thinking are you for real there's nothing to talk about for City this podcast will be very boring if that happens isn't it there's always something to talk about Sane should have gone as well yeah that's what I was going to get to the last one the the Sane tackle that was nasty Um, it was sort of like a textbook card of City challenge wasn't it I seem to think there was a bit of uh, a bit of previous between the two about five minutes before that didn't get picked up on I, I can't disagree with the maybe the possibility of him getting sent off. It was a you know, but when you you used the words, it was a Cardiff one. The one at Cardiff that on Sane was a lot worse than that, yeah. in my opinion. Um, so I wouldn't put it in that category. But it was a it was. It's, it's not it was just angry. You is it? No, no. It's just someone angry. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that's what gives Sane his different edge to all the other City attackers. You get a sense that quite a few of these City players are really nice people and you want someone who's a bit of a bad boy sometimes, don't you? You need that sort of edge. Pep teams always have horrible. that, that backbone. I'm not saying it's horrible, but he knows how to stick up for himself. Rich Faye yeah. wants more nasty football. Yeah, yeah. I don't, not necessarily. I think, they've got a, I think that's what makes City so good. They've got that perfect balance it's of being really nice people, same. but they've also, they know how to stick up for themselves, City. If, if you've played football at any level, you've, you've kicked someone in frustration. Yeah. So I think everyone could. I look forward to fire aside with you, side. That. That'll be exciting. <laughs> yeah. I, I should add as well that um, Sean Dyche did say that he wanted us all to put in our match reports that it wouldn't have affected the game yeah. if any of those decisions had gone their way. He just wanted to say that he wanted to highlight them. You, you need yeah. so much to go your way when you play City, and for things to not go your way, it sort of sinks you before you've you've had a chance to float you've got to mention Joe Hart yeah I've got to say before we get on to the Shakhtar game and what luck they need against City Joe Hart and we'll also talk about Cal Walker's absence the new role for John Stones but yeah while you're onto it Joe Hart he got his mosaic unveiled at the CFA this week and he got a season card as well he'll be back I'm sure in the future what did you make of his return to the Etihad I was allowed down to the training ground on the morning of the game to do some filming down there so I saw the training pitch it is a specific goalkeeper training pitch it's like half a, of a pitch with a, a concrete wall behind one of the goals um, which I knew they'd built some of those but it was uh, fittingly a goalkeeper uh, training pitch a beautiful mosaic um, obviously they've done the same sort of thing for Yaya Torre I believe there are 14 training pitches and it did occur to me that when's the Ian Cheeseman one getting erected <laughs> <laughs> well it did occur to me that um, that within you know the next few years they're going to be all filled pitches. up aren't they yeah exactly and and there were there were a couple of people who were a bit more cynical saying you know why has he got that when you know if you, if you think about the great players in the past well those great players in the past didn't play at that CFA so I think that's one of the differences but, you know, and, and he's still playing was the other argument. Well, why, why give him something now when he's still playing? I think it's a lovely gesture by the club. 
um, the, the, the golden season card thing, which is a great gimmick and a great publicity. Basically, all the saying is, if he rings them up and says, it's, all right, I have a ticket for Saturday's game, they'll go, yeah, no problem, put one up for you. It's not as if you go just turn up, yeah. Derby day, two season, minutes till yeah. kick-off, right. kick yeah. someone out. Where his, his season ticket is every week, is there? You know, yeah. it's, um, so, so I've got no problem with it. I think he's an absolute hero. Um, I believe after, well, I saw the picture that the club put out of, of um, the, the chairman handing out the, the golden season card and the mosaic and everything. I noticed that um, Caldoun was very clever. Had, yeah. Hand over the Burnley badge. Did you notice that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, put he disguised hand. it well, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know if that was conscious. The, the decision <laughs> I think it's one that the Twitter users have done well to, to make something <laughs> out of that. I think it's just an innocuous sort of handshake, isn't it? It happens to be. What did you make of his reception from the City crowd? I guess the fact that he conceded five goals made it easier for them to welcome him back rather than him play. Well, if, if Burnley had won one nil and Joe Hart had say two penalties, yeah. it might not be the same. They welcomed him back long before then. Yeah. Um, and, I thought it was nice. I thought the whole thing has been nice. And I think City do these kind of things very well. It's very easy to be cynical about things that are nice in football. And I, I am with it enough things. But I, I think it was kind of nice when Guardiola was bombing Hart out of the club that he let him play against Stour Bucharest a few years ago. Um I thought it was very nice that he took him on tour this summer. I know they took him to put him in the shot window so that clubs will buy him but Hart was he played well during the tour as professional as as he ever has been himself superb yeah Mm. I mean he he could be you know under you you know you hear things you know that he he might be really upset about the way he's been treated yeah but he's never gone public with any of that if that is true no and and he's had a great dignity he's had a horrible two years really yeah like yeah horrible two years playing professional football but you know Especially when he he should have been at the World Cup really he, in the summer and stuff. He's not seen any of that really happen. Worked out and he didn't end up at the World Cup. But you know, I thought it was the best possible circumstances because he was back at the Etihad playing for a very good Premier League team. And so you know, the, it weren't cheers out of pity or anything like that. It was still top goalkeeper just doing yeah. what he does. A couple of great saves, he did, yeah, yeah. yeah. That really? one in the first half, particularly the the shot from close range with Aguero, Aguero or yeah, yeah. tips onto the post. It would have been eight without him, I think. Yeah. That's fair enough to say. Uh, we'll get on to it now. Uh, Walker was absent. He has travelled with the City side to play against Shakhtar on Tuesday. It remains to be seen if he'd be involved. I know Pep said in his embargo section, didn't he, that uh, yeah, well, he, I, he was unsure how I long Walker would be long, out. How long will he be out for? And he said, I don't know. That's um, helpful. Which he's never sort of that detailed on injuries. No. Um, I think Gundogan a few weeks ago was two or three or one week yeah. um, but take your pick it didn't sound like he would be immediately back but he has travelled to um, to Shakhtar so they will be playing him if possible but also you'd think do you want to rush him back yeah um, the, especially for that sort of game when you've got Tottenham next yeah. week he'd love to have a return to Wembley as well wouldn't he and, well not yeah. maybe Wembley per se but to go back to Spurs and, yeah. yeah he's used to playing yeah. the Spurs players and he's used to playing at Wembley yeah. so yeah uh, You'd hope he'll be back for then. You hope he'll be back for Shakhtar, but it, it didn't sound like it's a, a clear-cut thing. And Pep and Vincent Company both had a lot of praise for John Stones after his performance against Burnley. It was sort of a, a role... That, I remember you told me in the office before, so it wasn't really a right-back. He was sort of a bit of a right-back, bit of a centre-back, bit of a right-mid at times. We've seen City cope without full-backs really well under Pep Guardiola. But Stones' new role is versatility. Does that impress you both? 
I mean, I can't say that in that particular game, when you're winning 5-0 at home yeah. to a team like that, that um, the fact that Stones plays at right back, centrally, Fenry, frankly, could have been sat in the stand probably and it wouldn't have made a great deal of difference. So I think judging a player and his effectiveness in a slightly different role in a game like that is almost pointless. Um, that's not in any way to put down what he did, uh, but I would say the same about any of the defenders. Um, you like know, anyone could have been playing Laporte there, couldn't they? Or whatever. I, mean, I, I, I haven't got really a great analysis of Laporte's performance in that game because, you know, what did he actually have to do? You know, so it's it's when it comes to the big games, you know, that, that you, you, first of all, the manager declares his hand as to who he wants to play in certain positions, but also when you, you judge the true effectiveness of that player. But with City dominating so much, you've already highlighted 20 shots a goal, and there's five on target from the opposition in nine games. You know, the defence, it's not that the defence are playing exceptionally well, it's that the team are playing exceptionally well and allowing the opposition to have so few chances. So I, I, I wouldn't really have much of an opinion on the Stones situation at the weekend. Uh, yeah, I thought he did quite well. I thought it was interesting that he got dropped after the Leon game. Um, sort of didn't play at centre back for a few games after that. Um, He's but, learnt his lesson. Well, yeah. Um, Guardiola, the last two and a half years, has been uh, quite happy to to drop him from the team when he feels he needs some time away. But he also sees a lot in him. Uh, he played solid midfielder at Oxford. Uh, I don't think he did particularly well, but it was his first game there. For City and he played at right back so you know he's, he's never going to be perfect in these roles that aren't the position he's trained in for all his life um, but the fact that Guardiola you know rates him enough to, to try him in these positions you hear well Guardiola's previous clubs you've got Philip Larm and David Alaba and people like that but players that he's picked out as can can play in more than one position and changing their role and you wonder what uh, Stones' role will be going forward because he's been very good at, at centre-back this season and first half of last season. But if he's trying him in these different positions, is he going to um, stick him there? What do you think of the rumoured interest in Nathan Aki? You know, is that is that because of any concerns about centre-backs? Because exactly. on the face of it, City have got four very good centre-backs, haven't they? They do. I mean, Aki is very young. Um, well, he's not that. Not he's younger than Vincent. Twenty three, I think. Is he 24, yeah. 23? Yeah. Um, company's out of contract at the end of the season. Otamendi is into his thirties now, I think. Um, so you've got Stones and Laporte who are twenty four. Um, you know, Guardiola's work with the squad has been making them younger and making sure they're set up for success after he leaves. Um, and you know, Nathan Aki is impressed for Bournemouth, so. Yeah, well, City. Was, yeah, they'd always be interested in the right centre back if they became available. Part of the reason that makes City so good as well is that competition for places they got at the moment. They always gonna have to have one eye on the future because that's when you. It's when you've just won a league title and stuff. That's when some of the biggest transfers need to happen because you need to have one eye on the future. Same with Laporte last January. They didn't necessarily need him, but they liked him. He became available, and now look at him. Less than six months yeah. later, he's the first choice centre back at the club. And, and being able to, you know, for instance. Uh, where was it? Hoffenheim. Yeah. Play company and Otamendi at the back and then Rotate. Liverpool have Stones and Laporte. It's not a bad problem it's to have. Pretty good squad squad depth. 
Yeah. And looking ahead to that game on Tuesday, now the fan put Shakhtar away in the Champions League. Cheesy, you've got a fantastic day out ahead of you, haven't you? Going to Ukraine for that one. What's your expectations? I mean, last year City lost, it was a dead rubber that last game against Shakhtar. I think Phil Foden played left wing back, did he? If I can recall correctly, it was a bizarre game. And then their manager appeared as Zorro in the post-match press conference. Are you looking forward to your trip to Ukraine? or On a personal basis, the fact that I'm up at four o'clock in the morning and I won't be back home until probably about five o'clock the following morning i.e. Uh, sort of 25 26 hour day is not something i'm particularly relishing however uh, it's something i've done all my life which is basically go to every single city game wherever it is and however uncomfortable it is to get there um the place itself um, isn't as bad as, as the cliche would have you believe. Um, the weather forecast is that it's going to be a sunny day and, and, and actually quite warm, probably warmer than here. So that, We won't get our violins out yet then. No, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting it to be quite a nice day. It was snowing last year when we went over because we, of course, saw City play in Kharkiv against Shakhtar and Yetz last year, as you've mentioned. Um, I, th- I think it's a tough one, this. I mean, um, they did lose last year, albeit that it was a dead rubber with a weakened team. But um, we've all got to this stage now, which is a good thing in one way, where people are expecting comfortable victories. I mean, ahead of Hoffenheim, there were a lot of City fans you know, saying to me that they thought they'd win that quite comfortably. And I said, whoa, uh, I don't think I'd be that carried away, actually. And so it proved, because they just got the win towards the end of the game. Uh, and I think it might be similar to that in, in Shakhtar. Certainly... In Guardiola's time at City, I can't name a bad coach that has beaten him. You know, all the team, he's not lost that many games with City. I'm trying to think of what Wiggins Barnes just called now, but Paul I'm not, <laughs> not even going to get into that. Paul Cook, very highly rated coach. <laughs> um, but, you know, Paolo Fonseca certainly yeah. fits, in, fits that bill. Uh, there was Premier League interest in him. Uh, over the summer and he was linked with the Villa job wasn't he uh, two yeah, weeks ago yeah um, so I think he will you know as as you've said cause problems for, and for City you saw his pretty much comments as well didn't he, he said he want, he's still looking to win he said that not, not many English sides don't attack City yeah, and he said he yeah. maybe wants to exploit that and he said they've really not got nothing to lose Shakhtar well that was it I mean City didn't have the best team out there in um, last December but they still had to be beaten and it was by Shakhtar attacking and taking the game to them that they scored those two goals. So I would expect them to, to give them a game, as Hoffenheim did as well. Yeah, and City last year, they were in the middle of that, that winning run as well against Shakhtar. It wasn't as if Pep said, oh, don't mind losing this one. He still wanted to win. He wanted to get some of the fringe players involved and to, to get another win under their belt. And like I said, when you've always secured top spot in the Champions League, it's always going to be a bit different and find the same winning mentality. But City are far from safe in the Champions League. They've only played two games. They've lost one of them. So they've got a, a big test on their hands. They've got to win these two games against Shakhtar, I, I believe, back-to-back. Um, and then one win against Hoffenheim at home and you're there, really, uh, in one of the two positions. If they were to slip up at Shakhtar, then that makes things a lot more tricky for them, potentially. Um, obviously, we have to keep an eye on the other game as well. But I would imagine that Leon will, will cruise through the group, really, um, certainly based on what we saw at the Etihad. However, I also found out that uh, Leon lost quite heavily, um, I think at the weekend, 4-0 against PSG. So, you know, may, maybe we saw them at their best and they won't be able to produce it consistently in this group. But uh, people who think that walking through this group is what City are going to do, I think are deluded. I think uh, any Champions League group... Um, shouldn't be taken at all 
by by anybody is just is a done deal. And I don't think Pep will. I think Pep put, will put out his strongest available eleven at Shakhtar. There'll be no squad rotation. There'll be no will give him a game. I think whoever they and, and bear in mind that Tottenham is the next game. So you could be tempted to think, well, we don't need to put out our absolute best players. I think they will, and that'll say everything about Shakhtar and what they they fear from them. It is a uh, it is a later game as well, isn't it, for them? In the sense that it's still eight o'clock yeah. kickoff for us, but that'll be ten p.m. Ukraine time. So, so that could be a slight advantage for us. And actually, the temperature that uh, might not be that significant, but it does drop to sort of three or four degrees from what I can see. So it'll be quite chilly for the game time. It'll be like being in Manchester, that it will be. <laughs> and we will. That brings back memories of uh, Mario Balotelli in Kiev. Oh, let's <laughs> not get started on that one. <laughs> But we shall, uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll speak about the Tottenham game in future. Well, there is a, but, uh, there's going to be a future podcast to come later yeah. in the week. But I think for today, but the fact that the Tottenham game is six days after Shakhtar yeah. means they can play the best players and still yeah. have them fit. Yeah, yeah. we're waiting for a treat. Ian, you might not be in for a treat. I hope you have fun getting up tomorrow morning as early as you can. I'm sure everyone listening to this will have you in their thoughts on their Tuesday morning as they sure prepare they as they prepare for the game. Thank you very much, chaps, for joining us on Talking City this week. We'll be back later in the week with a special preview show ahead of the, the Tottenham clash. I'm sure Ian's got some things to get off his chest about that one. But uh, make sure to subscribe to us on Acast. Please leave us a review and we'll be back later in the week. <laughs>